All right. Blog Talk Radio. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansion, bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll see and shout the victory. While we walk the pilgrim pathway, clouds will overspread the sky. But when traveling days are over, not a shadow, not a sigh. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Let us then be true and faithful, trusting, serving every day. Just one glimpse of Him in glory will the cause of life repay. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Onward to the prize before us, soon his beauty will behold. Soon the pearly gates will open, we shall tread the streets of gold. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Amen. Praise God. Looking forward to that when we all get to heaven. Amen. I'm telling you, some people say, I ain't ready to go. I ain't ready. I am. Amen. It'll be better up there than it is down here. There won't be nothing up there. I would be looking around for and say, well, I wish I had that up here. No. No, it's going to be so much better you can't even fathom it right now. The Bible tells us that. I have not seen or ear heard, neither have entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for them that love you. Right, we, we can't even fathom it right now. And, 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 you know, it's probably a good thing we can't because we could. We, we'd be looking for a way out of here, wouldn't we? That's right. We'd be trying to check out. So God knew what he was doing when he didn't reveal it all to us. Mm-hmm. Amen. It's good to be in church tonight. And we got folks tuning in. Donnie's, I think Donnie's looking in with us, and, and Cindy's looking in with us. So we're glad they're here with us in spirit. Hopefully some others have joined in. But uh, prayer requests tonight. Prayer requests. Ain't many of us, so ain't many prayer requests probably. But... Both said thanks for all his prayer. He said he seems like he's getting better. Well, praise God for that. Amen. They come in there Sunday morning and sing, listen to the singing and preaching, come Sunday morning and uh, who are you? And then they want to know, where's your old church at? And, and he had to tell all about it. And the ladies, I think it was a black lady. Praise the Lord. Well, amen. Just to see something pre
Well, that's wonderful. Praise Praise God. Amen. Okay. Oh, I hope you don't have to. Yeah, we want to lift Scott up in prayer. Pray he gets feeling better and get back with us soon. I know he's anxious to be back in church. Yes, Miss Charlotte? Pray for Angel K. Pray for Angel K. Yes, ma'am, sure will. Pray for your problem over there with your water situation. They just solved everything. Uh, Mama, we got anybody? Uh, My sister, Laura, needs prayer. She needs prayer uh, for her her spinal her spinal cord leaking spinal fluid. Uh been doing that for a while now. And uh they're trying to figure out why it's leaking and trying to get it fixed. So so pray that they get that fixed from her and uh she was feeling starting to feel bad. You thought maybe that epidural patch maybe it was gonna help. Right, right. Well, praise God, I hope it does. I sure hope it does. She's too young to be in bad shape. Uh we wanna lift Grant up in prayer. I've talked to Bonnie uh, just I think it was yesterday the day before I I, I visited with her texting her asked her how he was doing and he's not doing well he's not doing well at all he's gotten really frail she said he's starting to hear things and see things and he's not eating much so y'all just pray for him I know he made Thanksgiving got to see all his family together he's just tired y'all just pray that God give him grace and and it, 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 and he don't have a rough passing because he's getting close. So y'all please lift him and Bonnie up in prayer. Pray for mercy and everything. And let's lift Tammy and the whole Stranger Stanley family up. God will give them grace and their time of need. And they need his mercy. Can't even imagine. We're talking about it on the way over here. That's four funerals since August. That's 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 hard. And you know. I mean, it's a whole lot easier when you know where they're all at, but it's still, it's hard. And uh, we're living in hard times right now. We just need to ask God. Don't worry about that. Somebody's calling me. Somebody's calling me during church. I don't know them. You can see that too. <laughs> but anyway, um, but we just need to lift people up. You know, we're living in, we're living in hard times. We're living in, we're living in difficult times when things are changing all around us and we really, really got to hold tight to the Lord through the storms of life that we're going through. Unless uh, anybody else, anything else? Jamie's sister had a lumpectomy and her name's Amy. Is she younger than Jamie? I can't remember. Yeah. Now listen, uh, then they had to go in through a soft and danger, so when she was having all kinds of problems. I'll have to send a bill and put it on the bulletin for Sunday. Okay. And then there was something that was three something pretty bad. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Hey, y'all remember remember my friend uh, Chad Long, preacher I go went down to preach for in Texas, down South Texas. He he had a little surgery done. He's healing up from it. Nothing major. All right. Uh anything else? All right, well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's ask God to meet with us tonight. You know, we may not be large in number, but that doesn't mean God won't show up in spirit. And he, the Holy Spirit of God will move. So let's let's pray for that. Robert, lead us in prayer. Yes. Protect him in all 
Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I, I didn't mention it before we prayed, but but uh, Cindy McPherson, she's having issues with her heart. We need to keep her in prayer, too. Keep her on the prayer list. Yes. Number 34, let's sing. Number 34, he keeps me singing. <laughs> Number 34, he keeps me singing. We'll sing the first, second, third, and the last. There's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and low, fear not I am with thee, peace be still, in all of life's ebb and flow, Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. All my life was wrecked by sin and strife. Discord filled my heart with pain. Jesus swept across the broken string, stirred the slumbering chords again. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know. Fills my every longing. Keeps me singing as I go, feasting on the riches of His grace, resting neath His sheltering wing, always looking on His smiling face. That is why I shout and sing, Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know. Fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. And the last, soon he's coming back to welcome me, far beyond the starry sky. I shall wing my flight to worlds unknown. I shall reign with him on high. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Sweetest name I know Fills my every longing Keeps me singing as I go Number 28 Number 28 There shall be showers of blessing <coughs> <coughs> Number 28 There shall be showers of blessing. This is the promise of love. There shall be seasons refreshing. Then from the Savior above. Showers of blessing. Showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling. But for the showers we plead. 
There shall be showers of blessing, precious reviving again. Over the hills and the valleys, sound of abundance of rain. Showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we bleed. There shall be showers of blessing. Send them upon us, O Lord. Grant us now a refreshing. Come and now honor thy word. Showers of blessing. Showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling. But for the showers we please. There shall be showers of blessing, oh, that today they might fall. Now as to God we're confessing, now as on Jesus we call. Showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. Amen. One more song. Let's turn over to 204. <coughs> 204. I want to take this moment to tell everybody out there watching on Facebook, I don't have COVID. So don't let that hinder you from coming to church. And I'll tell everybody this, too. Don't bank on them little silly tests they sell at, at the pharmacy because them things are not accurate. <laughs> they will lie to you. Yes, I had a little sinus infection or bronchitis and and evidently it thought that that was COVID, and I took the right test. I took the right test. I took the one you take in the drive-thru at CBS, uh, and, they, and, of course, it came back and told me it was a PCR test, and they told me it was negative. I hadn't had a speck of fever uh, the whole time, and uh, I feel fine other than just trying to clear out what's there. So I praise God. I praise God it wasn't, and uh, I hope I don't get it ever. Amen. But uh, thank God it wasn't that this time, too. Amen. 204, let's sing to God be the glory. <coughs> to God be the glory, great things he has done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son. Who yielded his life and atonement for sin. And open the light gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son, and give him the glory, great things he hath done. Redemption, the purchase of blood to every believer, the promise of God, the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus the pardon received. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus. 
and we'll pray, and then we'll get into it tonight and talk about it. All right, Psalm 129, a psalm of degrees. It's a psalm of a degree of persecution and a degree of suffering with the Lord. Let's read. Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth, may Israel now say. Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. The flowers plowed upon my back. They made long their furrows. The Lord is righteous. He hath cut asunder the cords of the wicked. Let them all be confounded and turn back that hate Zion. Let them be as the grass upon the housetops, which withereth before it groweth up. Wherewith the mower filleth not his hand, nor he that bindeth sheaths his bosom. Neither do they which go by say, For the blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I come before your throne tonight, and I need you. I need mercy. I need help. Lord, I'm still under the weather a little bit, and I need your help. I don't want to cough through the message. I need your help. Lord God, I pray, Father, for each one that's tuned in to listen tonight. I pray, Lord, that the message be clear. Lord, I pray, Father, tonight that you'll open my heart, mind, and understanding, Lord, that you let the Spirit of God flow through me. Lord, forgive me of all my shortcomings, all of my failures, my sins, Father. I want you to be able to use me tonight, Lord. I pray tonight, Lord, I'd get out of the way and you'd take over. I'd sure rather you speak than me. Lord, I pray tonight you just fill me with your spirit. Pour me out tonight. I want to be an instrument in your hand used for your honor and glory. Lord, I want to magnify Jesus tonight. Father, there are people that need to hear from you. And I pray, Holy Ghost of God, you'll empower me to do just that. Speak for you tonight. Lord, touch each life, each one here on the sound of my voice, Father. Be with the ones who need it the most, Father. Open their understanding like I'm ready to hear now. We ask it in Jesus' name. For his sake, amen. All right. So, again, I said it is a, a, again, these these psalms from all the way from Psalm 120 to 134, these these psalms are psalms of degrees. We talked about that. They're they're little short, little short vignettes or whatever you want to call them. Kind of like kind of like we broke up 119, but it was all about the Word of God. And these are, again, psalms that they would sing going up to the temple in Jerusalem. This is on their pilgrimage to Jerusalem, and they're singing these songs to encourage themselves on the way, reminding themselves of how good God has been and all he's done in their lives. And tonight, again, we're talking, the one tonight we're talking about is is persecution. It's a degree of persecution, and that's going to take place in your life if you are a child of God and if you set out to serve God at all. Somebody's going to come against you. The devil is real, and he hates he hates your guts. He hates the de- he hates he hates everything about you being a believer. He hates the Word of God. He hates the Holy Ghost. He hates he hates church. He hates he hates uh, people reading the Bible. He hates people praying. He hates people being good to each other. He hates families. He hates he hates kids. He hates old people. He hates everything in between. Amen. He is our enemy. And he uses people. The Bible tells us we, we, we uh, you know, the, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. The 
because we battle not against flesh and blood. We we battle against we battle against forces of evil in in high places. We battle against devils. We we battle against those fallen angels that fell with the Lucifer who who hate God and rebel against Him. And they work through lost people to make our life a nightmare sometimes. And that's just part of being a believer. You know, we live in a soft soap religion world where everything's painted like it's a rosy picture. Get saved and all your dreams will come true and you'll never have another hard day in your life. Well, that's a lie, a pit of hell. Your life's going to, you're going to find out what hard is when you get saved. And that shouldn't be a deterrent for anybody getting saved because it's going to be hard either way. But when you get saved, praise God, you've got God to carry you through it. Amen. Somebody said, Somebody said, this is the only heaven that a lost man's ever going to see is here. And this is the only hell a Christian's ever going to see. So while we got to go through a little hell on earth sometimes, God's with us in it. But when they wind up there, there won't be no God with them. And I'm telling you right now, he ain't with them now, and he won't be with them then. But he's with us, and praise God for that. I thought on this verse right here, it just... In relation to, to what we're studying tonight, Psalm 39, 3, you don't have to turn there. I just want to read with to you. David said this. He said, my heart was hot within me. Now, that sounds like he's probably eating something he shouldn't eat. He got heartburn, doesn't he? No, that ain't what it means. His heart was hot within him. He, he had some heavy things on his mind. He had some really serious things he was, he was very, very uh, serious about. And he said, while I was musing. So that means these things came to, he got a heavy burden or he had, he had something really, he had something really heavy on his heart and on his mind. And he said, while I was musing, fire burned. Then spake I with my tongue. So he was thinking on some things and it really got him stirred up on the inside when he thought about what God has done in his life. And I and I tell you that that happens sometimes when you get to musing on what God has done, it'll start burning like a fire. Jeremiah says, "Like a fire shut up in my bones, and I couldn't forbear, I couldn't hold it back anymore. I had to let it out." You know, I mean, and I think of Mark Wheeler, what he said. You know, something big as God move into your life, he's going to stick out somewhere. You know, we when we start thinking about how God's carried us through some things in our life, it it really it really it really reminds us that we can get through anything because. If we really think back to what he's brought us through. You know, we've gone through some things. I have, anyway. I know you have, too. Everybody in here has. We've had some hard times. We've had people in our life that didn't like us because we were a believer. Or we've had somebody we couldn't get along with because we were a believer. Uh, you know, and, and, and oftentimes you <coughs> you get crossways with somebody, and they'll try to do you in. Somebody who ain't saved. Um but David's talking about this. He's had people who persecuted him because of his love for the Lord. You know, the Bible says that David, God called him, what, a man after his own heart. Well, you you live for God real hard in this day and time, and you're going to have people that jump up and call you all kinds of names. Oh, you need to calm down. you just getting fanatical. You want them crazy Bible thumpers. Don't come at me with your with your wild-eyed, crazy fundamentalism. I mean, I've heard it all. You know that word, that word fundamentalist? That's a dirty word today. Did y'all know that? 
Did you know? And I'm, I thought I'm going to address this because I'm on Facebook. I want people out there to hear this. I am a I am a fundamental Bible believer, fundamental Christian, and and that scares some people because the news media has talked about fundamentalist terrorists, fundamentalist Islam, fundamentalist this. The word fundamentalist is not a bad word. You know, when somebody goes to the when somebody goes to school and they join the basketball team. The coach is going to teach them the fundamentals of basketball. You dribble and you shoot, right? And you don't foul. Amen. You you got to you got to mind that three point lane. I mean, there's fundamentals. You know, there's out of bounds. You got half point. I mean, half court stuff. You got there's lots of things you got to deal with. You know, those and, and, and when you when you when you get away from those, you don't have basketball anymore because that's what makes up basketball, right? First downs, touchdowns, uh, those things make up football. You know. Y'all know what's in football. Those are fundamentals. A motor is a fundamental of an automobile, but a radio ain't. You can ride up and down the road without a radio, but you can't ride up and down the road without a motor. Right? Wheels are, are fundamentals to an automobile. So when you say, what, I'm a fundamental Christian, what does that mean? That means I believe the things that make up Christianity that are in this Bible. And, and man's opinion don't mean squat to me if it don't line up with that Bible. Amen? That don't mean that I'm hard and mean and cruel. Some people tend to think that. They don't understand what that word means. But when you when you stand for what God says, and I know some people say, why would you stand for God? Because what has he done for me? Amen? I was lost in sin, and Jesus took me in. I mean, I, I, he saved my soul. So, yes, I'm going to stand for God. He stood for me. Amen? I'm going to stand for him. But when you do that, again, the devil ain't going to like you. And when the devil don't like you, and the devil ain't going to like you if, you if you stand up and do anything. If you'll lay down and be quiet and never cause no problems and never do nothing for the Lord, the devil won't bother you a bit. And some people do that because they don't want to be bothered a bit. But they miss out on something. And what they miss out on is God's power in their lives. Because you cannot live through this world standing for God and facing the devil without God's power. You'll, you'll wad up like a flower and die. I mean, you'll just give up. So let's get into this. We ain't got very far to go, so I'm just going to, I, I was kind of building it up. Number one, we see in this psalm, all right, number one, the first three verses, we see the persecution that's talked about here. Again, he said, many a time they have afflicted me from my youth, may Israel now say, many a time they have afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed upon my back. So he makes it pretty clear. He says it twice, many times. They afflicted me from my youth. <coughs> I think the first obvious question is, who is they? I, I kind of made that plain. It's them. It's, it's those that the devil chooses to use to attack us. Okay? Uh, right, right now, the, 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 uh, the, the federal government of the United States of America is pretty hostile toward us. They're getting more hostile all the time. Give it enough time, they will get very hostile toward us. They are hostile toward anybody that don't want to take their shot. They're getting hostile. Listen, they, 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 there are pe- plenty of people who ain't going to like you because of your stand, what you believe. Uh, listen, there's people, people all down the street out here that won't like you if you tell them that you can't save yourself because they think that they got a religion that's going to save them. And if you try to tell them different, they get mad at you. 
There's people, listen to me, there's people that tell you, well, a certain type of preacher's got to baptize you in a certain type of church or you can't be saved. And listen to me, if I try to explain to them that salvation is not by water, but it's by the blood of Jesus Christ, salvation is by grace through faith, they don't like me very much. They go, matter of fact, they're going to talk bad about me and try to defame me in front of other people. Now, I'm not out here trying to pick on people, and I ain't got no axe to grind with nobody, but I just want to simply put it this way. If you stand for God and you stand for truth, there's going to be people who want to knock you down. He said, many times they, whoever it is, whoever's coming against God's people, afflicted me. Well, what does it mean, afflicted? Well, I looked up the word afflicted, and I know what it means, but I want to get a clear definition in, in Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary. I like to go back way back yonder when we get a definition. And it says to show hostility toward. So many times people have shown hostility toward him. Many times they have treated him with enmity, which means malevolent, evil, or hatred. Many times they vexed him, they made him angry, provoked him, harassed him. That's what that means. Many times. <clears throat> Listen, it ain't always got to be about a Bible verse that somebody's jumping on you about, okay? Oh, it ain't always going to say, well, I don't like you because you go to that church, or I don't like you because... They... Listen, the devil will come at you from every angle he can come at you from. The devil don't care which way he slaps you as long as you fall down. Think about what I just said. He'll, he'll slap you backwards, or he'll drag you into something you didn't mean to get into. He don't care. He'll either get, he'll try to get, all he wants to get you to do is either fall short of the truth or go far past the truth. That's all he cares about, as long as you ain't lined up for the truth. He wants to try to knock your legs out from under you, make you defeated and useless as a believer. That's all he's interested in doing to you in your life. But listen to what David said. He said, yet they have not prevailed against me. I've had it my whole life. My whole life. The devil has been has sent people trying to destroy him. Now, you think about it. Think about it. When he was a little boy, he went down there to that valley where Goliath was down in the valley. And he went to talking He went to talking big about, hey, stand up for God. What did his brother turn around and do? Try to shut him down. Who are you doing coming out here? Who did you leave them sheep with? I, I mean, who did you leave that handful of sheep with? I mean, they were trying to, do, his own brothers were turning against him, trying to suck all his, all of his get-up-and-go out of him. They didn't like it because they didn't have no get-up-and-go. They had no fire for God. They, they were a bunch of wet blankets. And what they, they don't want some root and little firecracker coming out there talking about, let's get him, when they're all shaking in their boots. See, listen, that's what dead, dry, Christians dead at 4 o'clock in the morning and dry as last year's firewood will do everything they can to try to tear somebody down so on fire for God. The devil will use them. The reason they use them because they ain't right with God and ain't close to God, and the devil got them as like a, like, again like a little ball of yarn with a cat playing with it. That's the way he messes with people who ain't close to the Lord. <clears throat> they hadn't prevailed against me. No, Saul was trying to kill him. Every time he did anything good, Saul tried to kill him. The king didn't stop him, did it? Time and time and time and time and time and time and time again. Things happened in David's life. But he didn't stop him. He said, yet they've not prevailed against me. See, here's the thing you've got to understand. They didn't prevail against him. God was using all these things. See, we stand on... We, 
you know, I, I've got this little poem that I got memorized that I that I learned from Dr. Curtis Hudson. And he, he finished it with a – he wrote his own little verse at the end. Let me quote it to you. You probably heard me say it before, but maybe not. He says, my life is but a weaving between my Lord and me. I do not know the reason, but he worketh steadily. The dark threads are as needful in the master's careful hands as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he hath planned. I've tried to understand it, though many times I've tried, but I cannot, for I see the bottom in it. Uh, The Lord, he sees the pattern, and I, the underside. And then he finished it by saying, so I'll go on not knowing. I would not if I might. I'd rather walk with Christ in the dark than to walk alone in the light. And and what I'm trying to tell you with that is oftentimes we can't see what God is doing. We see trouble. We see heartaches. We see people attacking us. We, We feel like everybody's against us sometimes, and everybody's picking on me, but God's trying to do something. God's using that, even though we don't understand why he would use that person or use that situation. God is using that to either to test us, to grow us, to mature us, to make us more like him. He's putting us in situations to see how we'll react, whether we'll trust him or whether we won't. God is going to grow you up. You know, you do that with children. As they get older, you give them more responsibility to see how they'll react to that responsibility. God does that with us. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 to 11. If you want to turn there, you can. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 to 11. The Bible says, For God, who commandeth the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That's what he gave us. He gave us the knowledge of God in the face of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, God manifested to us through our Lord and Savior Jesus. And he says in verse 7, he says, but we have this treasure. What treasure? The knowledge of God in our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. We have it in earthen vessels, these old fleshly bodies. We have this treasure, God living in us. And these old fleshly bodies, weak fleshly bodies, corrupt fleshly bodies. Listen, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. See, when somebody's doing something, they're being living, living Christ, being Christ-like, and being used of God. We know good and well that ain't their flesh doing that. That's God working through them. That's them letting Christ manifest through them and loving somebody, letting the love of God pour through them. That ain't them. Amen? Ain't none of us, ain't none of us worth nothing when it comes right down to it. It's just the Lord in us. He said that it, that it shows up. It's God and not of us. Now listen. We're troubled on every side. That sounds like 2021. We're troubled on every side. Like Ronald Reagan said, you lose liberty here, there ain't nowhere else to run. This is the last stop. We're troubled on every side. Yet not distressed. You don't understand what all's going on. Hey, I'm just, I, I don't care what's going on. I mean, I do, but I don't. I mean, I know it's going to affect me, but I'm not going to freak out about it. Why? Because i got a God in heaven that tells me I'm going to be with him when all this is over with. And he told me he'll never leave me nor forsake me. That's why I'm not distressed, even though there's trouble everywhere. He said, we're perplexed. That means we're scratching our head going, I don't understand it. He said, but we're, we're not in despair. 
I may not understand why everything's happening the way it's happening. I mean, I understand. I mean, I can talk to you about it. I, we probably might reason it out and figure out some things. I, matter of fact, I have some pretty good clues as to why things are happening the way they're happening. I have some pretty good clues as to who's pulling the strings of, and, and, and what they're trying to accomplish, and it's scary, and it's a nightmare a situation when you really come down to what's going on in our world and what they're trying to do to people. <laughs> but I'm not going to be in despair. Wouldn't do me any good. God's still on the throne. God hadn't God didn't fall asleep. He knew all this before it come. Amen. He, this has not surprised him at all, not the least little bit. So if he's not in despair, I don't have to be in despair. He said, we're persecuted. And we ain't seen it like it's going to get. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. I'm not trying to freak nobody out or scare nobody, but I'm telling you, that we ain't seen like it's going to be yet. You see, they use shame, they use fear, they use prizes, and then they use violence when they don't get what they want. And they, they've got a society right now that's breaking down. America's breaking down. And we're, we're in trouble. There's no doubt about it. Like I said, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Because when it gets better, Jesus is going to be here. Do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says we're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. God hadn't left us. God may, Listen, they, when the stock market fell in 29, everybody probably thought, oh, this is it. This is it. We're all doomed. God didn't forget them. Tough times for a while. That's called judgment. America's going through judgment. <laughs> He said, we're cast down. It means we got sucker punched down on our knees. Can't hardly catch our breath. He said, but we ain't destroyed. <clears throat> now, here's what it does say. Again, remember, all, the, the treasure, we have the knowledge of God in our, in, in our Lord Jesus Christ in these old earthen vessels. And all these things are happening all around us. All these things are coming against us. And he says, at the same time, we're always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. You know, we're always to be thinking about the fact that Jesus died for us. We're always supposed to be, and it says bearing about. That means carrying around. I'm not supposed to just keep it in a secret place, right? I, I'm saved, and I ain't telling nobody. That's the fellow who hid his talent. Don't be bearing it about. We're to be sharing it with people. You say, but they're persecuting me. They don't want it. Yeah. Well, if they ever lock you up in a prison cell, you better keep talking to them guards about it because that's what God wants you to do. God intends for us to share the saving message of the gospel with people that don't want to hear it. That's true. Didn't Jesus do that? Didn't uh, didn't Jesus didn't Jesus tell them repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and they didn't want it? But he still said it, didn't he? You and I are supposed to tell the world that Jesus died for sinners, was buried and rose again, and he'll save them if they'll believe on, his, believe on that saving message. Amen. If they'll believe on the fact that he did it for them, and they'll trust him and believe on him. We're supposed to do that even though this world hates us and don't want us to do it. He said, verse, six, verse 11, he says, For we which live, we're always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake that the life also of Jesus may be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Now, hold on a minute. What did that mean? 
We which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. I can tell you what that means. It means the same thing as Galatians 2.20 where Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. We're delivered unto death. In other words, we get up every day. We need to die and let Jesus live. Because if we don't die, then Christ can't be seen. If I want to show you me all the time, then you ain't never going to see Jesus. <clears throat> all right? He said, for which cause? we Now look down verse 16. Verse 16 and 17, and I'm going to jump back to our scripture. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish. And we ain't going to give up even though, listen, he's saying we're not going to give up even though it's hard on our flesh, it's hard on our body, it's wearing us down. He said, but yet the inward man is renewed day to day because this old world may beat us down physically, it may wear us out, it may make our backs stupid, it may make us hurt, it may make us feel like complaining sometimes, but as long as we're walking with God and we're letting God work in our life and His presence is real and we're communicating with Him, it will renew us and restore us and we can keep on going and trucking for Jesus. Listen to what Paul calls it. He says, for our light affliction. Paul went through so much, we can't even find it. I mean, he, he, he took the beating that Jesus took five times and beat with rods. I mean, he was nearly drowned. I mean, he, he, he was in prison after prison. I mean, he went through a nightmare on this earth in his little old knotted-up arthritic flesh. He called it a light affliction. This ain't no big deal. That's what he's saying. It really wasn't no big deal. Amen. Throw me in a Mamertine prison. I'm down there in a dungeon, but it ain't no big deal. It's just for a moment, he said. That's what he said. It's just for a moment. It's no big deal, and it don't last long. He said, but it worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. In other words, when I get there, what I went through this little short period of time, God's going to reward me forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, and glory's always going to be there. It's always going to be there. So when David says, listen, they've afflicted me, they've afflicted me, but they didn't win. That's what Paul's saying. They persecuted me. They troubled me. They, they perplexed me. They cast me down, but they didn't win. They didn't win. <laughs> no, because I had the Lord. Hey, he said, in this, our scripture, he said, the, the flowers plowed upon my back, verse 3 in our scripture text. They plowed upon my back. They made along their furrows. <clears throat> now, I don't think that means that he got scourged. David didn't get scourged, but I believe it's a metaphor for the troubles that had come upon him. He felt like he just he just had them whooping him. He whooping him, whooping him. There's an old song the Almond Brothers used to sing. Said, "Feel like I've been tied to the whipping post." That's what he's talking about. I feel like I've just been beat. I feel like they wore me out. They just hit me over and over and over and over and over. They made along their furrows. He's just talking about the troubles that have come upon him, one after another in life. And those long furrows in his life are the times of testing that God had put him through in order to help him to understand that that, that outward flesh is going gonna, is gonna to have to get out of the way in order for Christ to shine forth. Listen, you and I, we've got to get off our high horses. And I know maybe we ain't on them right now or whatever, but I'm saying in life, in general, everybody goes through it. God's got to get you down off the high horse because he belongs on it, not you. He had to get me off of mine, I can tell you that. I thank God I got down off of it and put him in his rightful place because I don't belong there. Sometimes, again, there are times of testing. There are times of God letting us go through things so we'll, so we'll either trust him or we won't. He wants to see what we'll do. He wants, to, he wants to grow us and mature us and 
steady, steady us and stabilize us and, and, and make, us, make us where we, we know that no matter what happens, we're going to be able to count on him. But sometimes there are times of suffering and grief that we have to go through, those long furrows. <clears throat> and and, and, and though, though they may have come from the world and the enemies of God, again, God himself used them to shape us and to mold them into his image. You know, I've said before and I've said again, the devil is like a paddle in God's hand. The devil, don't, devil, the devil can only do what God will let him do. He wants to do everything, kill everybody, destroy everybody, but God's got him on a leash. You remember when he wanted to? He want he he was he was he was asking God to just let you know. Hey, look at Job, look at Job, and God says, "Well, you, you can go this far, but you can't take his life." Now, that was God allowing those furrows to hit his back. Some people say, "Why in the world did God do all that to Job?" To prove the point. That all men need Jesus. All men need God. I understand. I understand. Job didn't know the name of Jesus. I'm not trying to say that, but what I'm trying to say, he he was a man who loved God and he followed God and the knowledge that he had, and he believed God. And God wanted to show that listen, the best man needs forgiveness. The best man needs God. There ain't nobody who's so good. And the Bible said he was perfect in all his ways, but it means he was mature. It doesn't mean he was without sin. But he was the best man anybody could find, and God allowed those those troubles to hit him, those afflictions to hit him, like who in the world's ever seen. Why? To show that we all need the Lord, and all of us have flesh that's got to get out of the way. So, you know, I think about that verse, Romans eight twenty eight. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God. We don't understand why things are going on. We don't understand why some people are suffering. We don't understand why some people are going through so much grief and hurt. But God knows. And God's got a plan that's perfect. We can't see it. We can't understand it. Sometimes we question God and say, God, I don't understand what you're doing. You know, I, I remember a preacher saying one time, said, I, you know, I, I've, I've disagreed with God a number of times, but I was always wrong. Sometimes I don't understand. Sometimes I think, God, why would you let that happen to that person? That don't seem right. But I was wrong. God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. And I trust him no matter what. But he uses these things. He allows these things in order to shape us. I'm going to wrap this up. The second, number two. <laughs> I said number one. What was that number? First point. First point was, let's see, where was it? The persecution. All right, number two, the power for the persecuted. The power for the persecuted, verse 4. The Lord is righteous. He hath cut asunder the cords of the wicked. The righteous Lord cut asunder the cords of the wicked or cut into the cords of the wicked. Now, what is he talking about that? He's, you, picture a, you picture a team of oxen, and then you got a guy riding a plow back here, right? He's plowing that back. Amen. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about those long, long rows. I don't know that he's talking about a whip. I think he's talking about a plow. Because he's talking about the cords of the wicked. They plowing on him with that plow, and God just cuts them cords. And there go the oxen and the plow sitting still. God can stop it when he gets ready to. God is God's the one allowing it, and God's the one that can stop it. That don't mean God works evil. That just means God allows it for a time. He cut loose the oxen that cut the furrows in the life. 
I think it's Psalm 124. We just read it a few a few weeks ago. Verses 6 and 7. Listen to what it says. Blessed be the Lord, who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of a snare, out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Again, the devil would destroy us, but God is God is in control. The devil ain't never going to get one over on God. We can't never look at somebody somebody that, that something bad happened to and say, well, you know, too bad God didn't do nothing about that. You know, God, God why, why didn't God do something? Well, God, it was in God's will that it happened the way it happened. It's not our will. It's his will. I mean, listen, God is able to control anything in this world. He ain't never lost control, and he never will. And he's able, listen to me, he's able in the middle of our persecution to give us peace. He's able in the middle of our affliction to to give us the, the power to rise above it and not be affected by it. God is able to shield us and be our fortress and our high power in our hour of need. And God will teach us there's safety under the shelter of his wings in the middle of a storm. And number three, verses five through eight, the petition of the persecuted. Now listen to it. We're going to read all these four verses. Let all them that be confounded, let let them, let me read that again. Let them, that's they that he talked about in the first verse that were afflicting him. Let them, all them that are afflicting him, all be confounded or confused and turn back that hate Zion. Let them be as the grass upon the housetops which withereth before it groweth up. Wherewith the mower filleth not his hand, nor he that bindeth sheaves his bosom. Neither do they which go by say, The blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. <coughs> Let them all be confounded and turn back that hate Zion. I want to read you what Charles Spurgeon said about these people. He said, it is but justice that those who hate, harass, and hurt the good should be brought to naught. Those who confound right and wrong ought to be confounded. And those who turn back from God ought to be turned back. Loyal subjects wish ill to those who plot against their king. You know what? Again, we're talking about God. Those who plot against God. Hey, listen, he said, he said, loyal subjects, those who love the Lord Jesus Christ, wish ill to those who want to hurt the plans of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I ain't never felt like that before. Oh, yeah? When you, when you hear these politicians doing things that hurt our country and hurt, not necessarily our country, let me just put it this way, that hurt morality. That, that go against the things that God says. When when you hear these people crying out for abortion, I mean, you know that's wrong. There ain't no way you can justify that in your mind. Listen, I I want them all. I want them all to stop. I want them all to turn around and go the other direction. I want them all to shut their mouths. I wish they'd all get a stomachache and go home. That's terrible. You shouldn't wish that on nobody. That's all I better than what I could have said. He said, let their conspiracies be confounded. 
their policies be turned back. How can we wish prosperity to those who would destroy that which is dearest to our hearts? How can we wish them well? That makes me, that confuses me a little bit when I try, when I read that about pray for all those in authority. I can't wish good to somebody who wishes me evil. I mean, in authority. I have a hard time with that. I can pray for them. God break their heart, change their heart, save their soul. But I can't wish well to them. I can't wish them well. I can't wish blessing on somebody who's attacking the Lord's church or attacking or attacking the, the freedoms that, that allow us to continue to preach the gospel in America. I can't wish them well and pray God to bless them. I have to pray God convict them and save them or destroy them and get them out of the way, one of the two. It's called imprecatory prayer. And I think it's time God's people in America start praying that way again. God destroy the enemies of God. That's what he's saying here. He's saying he wants God to destroy his enemies. Amen? Listen, again, I'm all for people being saved. I think everybody ought to hear the gospel. I think everybody ought to have a chance to be saved. But those who are disposed to evil and have their mind bent to evil and are reprobate against God and hate God and hate hate his Christ, they hate everything about it, they hate the word of God, they hate right, they hate truth, would to God they were all destroyed. Because all they care about is, all they want is hell and more of it. All they want is sin and more of it. They want to, listen, all those out here who are running around uh, uh, smashing kids off the street and putting them in the sex trade, would to God they were all destroyed. Would to God all these that are, that are making the mess and, and, and destroying families, would to God they either get saved or they'd all be destroyed, one of the two. How can we wish prosperity to those who would destroy that which is dearest to our hearts? The present age is so flippant. Now, this is written back in 1860-something. This present age is so flippant, which means people don't care about nothing, that if a man loses the Savior, he is, uh, I'm sorry, if a man can't lose the Savior, if a man loves the Savior, he is styled a fanatic. That's back in Spurgeon's day. If somebody says, I love the Lord, they say, you're a nut, you're a fanatic. And if he hates the powers of evil, he is named a bigot. You know, I mean, <coughs> I don't hold a position I can't defend. But yet there are people who hate me because I hold those positions, and they won't talk to me about it. I'd be glad to show them out of the Bible what God says about it. They don't want to hear about it. They don't want to hear about it. They'd rather live in their sin, do what they want to do. Listen, and they hate me because I stand for truth, and they hate you because you stand for truth. And if we don't stand for truth, listen, we ain't going to have truth no more. Truth be taken from us. I know you can't take Christ from us, but I'm telling you, if we don't stand for this book, we're going to lose this book in America. They're going to take it off our, out of our hands and out of our churches and out, and, and, and out of our homes. That's where this thing ends, if Christians do not become vocal about being Christians anymore. Now I'm going to finish up with this thought here. He's talking about this grass on the roof and, Mower not having it in his hand and all this stuff. What is he saying? He said, let them be as the grass on the housetop. Well, I don't have any grass on my house. I don't think any of you do either. But grass on a housetop, there ain't a whole lot of ground up there, is there? No. So it ain't going to grow very much. And you know what happened? The Bible talks about the sower of seed and that which fell among the rocks and it didn't have a place for the roots to catch and so it shot up but then it died, right? 
That's what's going to happen on the rooftop to all that grass on the rooftop. It withers before it grows up. Now, the Bible says the mower fills not his hand with it, so he ain't got nothing to gather up. Now, the mower, this ain't the guy that comes around with a weed eater and a blower. We talking about somebody gathering hay because he's binding it in sheaves. That's wheat. They say it's not bound in sheaves. That's the curse that's preyed on for these people, that that everything they do is going to wither before it matures, that that they won't have anything to show for what they've done. And when it comes down to it, they again, their plans are all going to fail. In other words, they're praying they won't make hay. You know, say, that'll make hay. That'll be profitable. They don't want them to make hay. God say, they pray praying to God. God, David's saying, God, don't let these people make hay. Don't let them, don't let them, don't let them be successful. Don't let their plans work out. And we're to pray that way. We're to pray for these people who are trying to control uh, the, the, the population, for these people who are trying to poison the population, and these people who are, who are trying to destroy our society. We're to pray that their plans fail. We're to pray that their plans all come to nothing and they either hit their knees and repent or God wipes them out and takes them out of office and puts them somewhere where they can't hurt nobody no more. Again, we're praying that God will spoil the works of their hands. We're not asking for God to bless tyrants. I can't pray for God to bless a tyrant. I can't pray, pray for God to bless those who would hurt and trample God's people. I can't pray for them, for God to bless them even if they're in the highest office in the land. I can't do it. And they said, let not the blessings of the Lord be pronounced over them. There you go. I can't say God bless you. God bless you, Nancy Pelosi. God bless you, Joe Biden. I can't say that. Because you know what? They hate God. And they hate God's people. I can't say God bless you to all them people up there who hate our guts. I can't say it. All I can say is God, spoil their plans and deal with them. But protect your people. And Lord, in the middle of it, help us to understand that you're using all these things, though we can't see the good in it from where we're standing. You're using these things for our benefit. You're using these things to help us. You're using these things to teach us. You're using these things, Lord, to, to teach us not to rely on our flesh, but to rely on, rely on the Spirit of God, to trust what the Word says, and to reach out to others with the saving gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ before it's too late, because He's coming soon. This thing's going to wrap up soon. We've got to be ready. We need to be busy. Let's stand together.